is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the B Squared Podcast, presented to you by Showcase Sports Media. We are changing things up today. I'm your host, Alex Weasel, alongside our special co-host today, Ryan Jones. Ryan is filling in for Kent. Kent had to go back home for some family matters, but today we got Ryan, my co-host. How are we doing, Ryan? Doing great. It's been a good day. Uh, very exciting day. Um, happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have Ryan back. Ryan is the uh, most repetitive guest in B-Squared history, <laughs> so he has earned co-host today. Uh, alongside with Ryan, we have a guest today, special guest, our good friend Blake Perkins. Hey. First time on the show. Blake, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. You know, life goes on. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have Blake and Ryan. You know, we don't have Kent to keep me in check, so let's see how this goes today. <laughs> We'll try. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline as that just wrapped up a couple of hours ago. And then we're going to talk a little bit about March Madness uh, as we continue on with the tournament. But before we get there, a little bit of sad news to report. Tuesday night, we were unfortunately informed of the news of uh, GCU basketball star Oscar Freire's passing. Passed away in a car accident back home in Lodi, California, near his hometown of Oakland. Um, his sister and his a third passenger also passed away. Uh, it's just really sad to see. You know, Oscar was a light in the GCU community. He was really well respected. He was a great athlete, great person. As me and Kent talked with Gabe a few weeks ago, you know, he, he's just a great guy. Uh, Ryan and I had a class with him last year, and he was just one of those guys, you know. Obviously, I wasn't friends with him, but we'd talk every day in class. Um, we'd joke around. He'd always... Uh, say, yo man, how's it going? He, he was a good guy and it's just tragic to see what happened to him. Um, just glad that he got to live his final moments playing in GCU, or playing, excuse me, playing in March Madness tournament with his teammates at GCU for the first time in school history. So he went out on a high note. But yeah, he's definitely a guy I'm, you know, glad I got to watch him play, glad I got to have class with him. Uh, he'll definitely be missed by you know, everyone at GCU and his family and friends. Uh, it just feels surreal uh, just knowing that Blake and I were at his last college game uh, this past weekend in, uh, in Indianapolis. And uh, I, I, it, it's all just like crazy to just think about. Like, you know, we've gotten to see him play here for four years, really. And it was right after his final game that he passed away. You know, it is good to see how, how big of an impact he's had on, on, on a people here, you know, and uh, how he's affected people he probably doesn't even know, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, safe to say he was one of the most likable players on and off the court GCU's ever had, probably. I mean, everybody knew who Oscar was, I mean. And after everything that happened last year and actually persevering and coming back his fifth year and giving it a go, mm -hmm. I mean, that just really showed his character. I mean, he's a guy that will forever miss him. Uh, rest in power for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and aside from you know his presence off the court, he's one of the greatest players in GCU history. He's one of the top scorers in GCU history. Uh, All-time leader in GCU blocks in the D1 era. I believe he was just one record shy of the GCU steals record, and he's up there in a lot of other categories. But yeah, exactly. Prayers to Oscar Freire, his family, the GCU men's basketball team. Everyone out there who knows Oscar, 
uh, definitely in some tragic news. It would be a, a great move for GC to make sure that Oscar is the, the uh, last player to wear four Absolutely. on the basketball court. Yeah. It, it would be a, a great move to see his, uh, his jersey up, up in the uh, rafters of GC Arena. Yeah, 100%. Well, uh, moving on from that, you guys did have the opportunity, as you said, to go watch GCU play mm-hmm. in the first round of March Madness out in Indianapolis. How was that experience for you guys? Long day for sure, but yeah, no, it was it was it was fantastic. Um, I gone to some first round games two years ago in Tulsa, but I would say that that didn't even compare to being in downtown Indy for these games. The whole like bubble atmosphere was still great. Um, there were plenty <laughs> of fans there. But um, no, like it was a great game atmosphere uh, for both sides. Like there were tons of GCU students there, and I say numbers wise, Iowa almost matched us, but sound wise, they didn't really have a, a chance. Yeah, that was for sure a yeah, key factor. I was actually on the wait list, so I was I got the call right at seven p.m. the day before that I was going, so that was a fun, exciting moment. But I believe it was around 250-ish GCU students, and it should have been the same for Iowa fans. The sound difference was just uncomparable. I mean, it, they did, quite frankly didn't even match up with us. It was mainly an older audience on the Iowa side, and you had young, rambunctious college students on the other side, so you can take your pick. But we did get a lot of really good shout-outs from the national media crew I did here. So it's good to see, and hopefully this puts uh, GC more on the map, and we can see us back there again soon. Yeah, it was definitely a d- different story on the court, though. It was a very tough matchup. Unfortunately, for us. yes. Yeah, yeah. That that is the one thing that GC benefited from. Unfortunately, we didn't get the W, but we did get a lot of exposure. I remember uh, mm-hmm. I was unfortunately did not get selected <laughs> to go to Indianapolis, <laughs> but uh, GC had a little bit of a watch party in the quad on the. Uh, big screen and I remember watching and I think at this point GC was down by like 19 or something and I don't remember who's announcing the game but I hear you know GCU's fans are really impressing me today their team not so much but their fans a one shout out to you guys so uh, it's good to see that our fans got the shout out GCU got the recognition we are gonna have a tough next few years with Avalon Christian and a couple other big schools coming to our conference but before we get into March Madness a little more, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline. Uh, not too much exciting action, but there are definitely a couple winners and losers today. I'm going to let Ryan basically roll around with that one. Uh, so for me, there's really two big moves. And the first of which that happened was the Nikola Vucevic trade to Chicago, which is one that just totally caught me off guard. You know, I had heard it. You know, a handful of times that he was maybe going to be on the move, but I didn't hear much like going into this period. Yeah. You know, it was very very quiet. He wasn't one of the uh, big names tossed around. It was mostly Kyle Lowry that was the the big star of this trade deadline. But um, that's still a great pickup for Chicago, and they didn't have to give up too much for him. I see someone that will help them. Not being a total rebuild stage still with so many young guys, he's a guy who can help them win right now, and someone who I think will be able to complement uh, Zach Levine and Lowry Markkinen very well. Not to mention, uh, he's locked down a contract for at least the next three to four years, yeah. so they're going to have him for a while. I mean, it's just a great move all around. It's a big I deal. Mean, 
The Bulls? Are, are the Bulls relevant again? Can we start talking about the Bulls now? Or are they going to make the playoffs and maybe I first round so. win? I, I think that they might have a shot at making the second round. I think that they might be a lock at this point to make the playoffs with the Vooch now. But mm-hmm. making this second round is now a possibility whenever going into this season, it didn't really seem possible for them. And then the uh, second move that was huge was the Heat absolutely fleecing Houston to get Victor Oladipo and only giving up I believe it was Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and Kelly Olynyk pick or two. And yeah, a couple low-end pick swaps. That's just huge for them. I know Depot's talked or like he's seemed to throw out there before that like that was one of his like top destinations even whenever he was playing in uh, Indy. But I think that not, not, not that the Heat weren't scary before, but this might solidify them as a, a true championship contender if they weren't already last year. Um, I know that they've lost Jay Crowder, which is kind of taking them down a step from where they were last season, but I think that this addition makes them a different kind of team, but one that's just as, if not more, scary. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Heat definitely did upgrade, and as a result of that, the Rockets, you could deem losers for this deadline, unfortunately. But they had it really tough with this Oladipo trade. I mean, you're losing 20 of your last 21. You got a guy who's got an expiring contract, has no need to be there, would probably force you to buy him out anyways. So I know they wanted Tyler Hero back and Duncan Robinson in return, but it's tough for the Rockets. But, I mean, really good pickup by the Heat for sure. Miami did apparently make a run at Kyle Lowry too, yeah. um, which they would have had to give up Duncan Robinson or, or Tyler Hero. But... That's probably the most disappointing part of this trade deadline was that Kyle Lowry didn't get moved. Um, his teammate, Norman Powell, did get moved, but he's still going to be playing in Toronto. Um, there were a good few teams that were all trying to get their hands on him, all of which true championship contenders this season. You know, Lakers and Clippers, you had the Heat, you had the Sixers too. Any of those teams could have really used him, but... Toronto, I guess, just didn't find a package in which they felt was enough, which is crazy thing that you have four of the best teams in the entire league throwing out players and picks at you. Something I find really interesting, too, is the West kind of turned into an arms race today. I mean, now with LeBron and both LeBron and AD out, uh, it was interesting to see, firstly, what the Lakers were going to do, but we find out that wasn't much. But secondly, people are like, oh, maybe we have a chance to win now. So then you see Aaron Gordon... And then you just see Lou Williams being swapped with Rajon Rondo. Norman Powell's going to the West, too. I mean, the West is starting to go into a little guns ablaze mode. It should be really interesting come playoff time to see how healthy the Lakers are. And if they are, there should be some fireworks. Most fans thought going into this season that the Lakers probably had the championship locked up with uh, you know, just having just won it and then adding Montrezl Harrell. But the door is truly open for a handful of teams in the West to make the finals. Wow, uh, Blake and Ryan really taking the bull by the horns today. <laughs> Might as well call this the Blake and Ryan show. Um, but yeah, you know, Kent's going to get mad, but he's not here. I, I don't think the Lakers have a shot anymore. I don't think they're going to win the finals. There's two big losers, in my opinion, of this deadline. The Lakers... And anybody named Gary who plays in the NBA. <laughs> Fun fact, every player in the NBA named Gary was traded today. That's kind of the most exciting part of the deadline, in my opinion, today. <laughs> but, yeah, the Lakers did absolutely nothing, which is a problem because they needed to go out and get somebody to have a chance at the championship. You know, we don't know when LeBron and AD are going to be back. 
even if they do come back, I don't think they're going to be at a hundred percent. They're probably going to be playing through some pain. So I personally just don't see the Lakers being contenders at this point anymore. Obviously, they're going to play well in playoffs, but I just don't see them making it to the finals this year. It wasn't really that they needed somebody to like top off a championship roster. It was that they needed somebody who can help carry them right now without both LeBron and AD. Yeah, I think that with everyone healthy, of course, they, they can win the championship, though they aren't my first pick. They just need, need someone to help them get by in the meantime. Though they're not really in a position in which they're going to be a threat to miss the playoffs. They're pretty comfortably yeah. towards the top of the West, so it's not a problem for them. But someone to help them get by in the meantime where they could have home court advantage in the first round at least would, would be nice. But that was kind of disappointing to see them like not make any moves. And to say that they weren't willing to give up Taylor Horton Tucker to get Kyle Lowry who probably would have guaranteed them a championship this season. I thought, I thought that was just absolutely absurd on their end. So that, that's just my, my take with it. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. Obviously, like we said, not too much of the deadline today. We do have a good chunk of buyouts that uh, are expected to take place. So there's going to be a competitive market for guys like Drummond, Marcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see that. <clears throat> Let's get back into our March Madness talk. The first two rounds were wild. <laughs> this was true madness. It really was. The I think this is... Probably one of the most entertaining first two rounds we've ever seen in a tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this is the highest average seed in the Sweet 16 ever, I believe. Yeah, the most upsets ever, I think. Yeah, 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 we've had a 15 seed win. We've had a couple 14s, 13s. 15 seed win twice. 12s, Not once, but twice. twice. twice the yeah. same 15 seed um, Yeah, we made fun of Oral Roberts. But, I mean, let's see. They beat Ohio State. They shocked Florida. Mm. Yeah. And Both those games came down to the wire, too. Fantastic finishes. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves in talking about the Sweet 16 yet, but just got to ask Ryan, as a Hogs fan, are you nervous? I'm more happy than anything because in my lifetime, we've never gotten this far. We haven't made the Sweet 16 since the 90s. So, you know, I've gone through my entire life having seen some very good basketball players go through our program and having them not win any more than one game in the tournament, any, any trip to, the, to that tournament. So seeing us take care of, take care of business in, in these first two rounds is just very, very special. And I don't think that we're quite done yet. Um, we have a favorable matchup against Oral Roberts, who we have played this season. So that gives me a lot of confidence, though this team does scare me somewhat, having already knocked off a two seed and a seven seed. But doors definitely open for us having a really special run, if it's not already special. I agree. But yeah, so far... Um, obviously, Oral Roberts has been one of the standout teams of this tournament so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Kretwig and Loyola Chicago. Sister Jean is working her magic again. And then also Syracuse. Uh, Buddy Boheim. You know, I think what's special about them is Syracuse is doing something that nobody's ever done before. And that is have a coach's son who's actually good. <laughs> the coach's son is playing phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Actually carrying this team is going off in each game so far. I mean, it's, it's been a special run for them. Although they always seem to make a run deeper than they should in March. Yeah, like I would say, there are three things that are certain in life. Death, taxes, and Syracuse going further than they should be in March Madness. I mean, it just <laughs> seems to happen all too often. Um, I'll talk about my pick in a little bit, but... Uh, Sign of great coaching. There. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. What would you guys say your, your standout teams so far are? Um, I mean, 
Oral Roberts is just the first team that you have to think of. Yeah. There's the team that no one really even thought about getting anywhere near this far, and they've become the stars of March. I mean, so many standouts, uh, uh, quite honestly. I have to go with Loyola, though. Uh, that was very impressive what they did to Illinois. I mean, Illinois was the second most favorited team uh, to win the championship coming into this March Madness tournament. The fact that they were able to beat them, and in the fashion that they did, I believe Illinois only was leading for that game for about a minute. I mean, they completely dominated them. I mean, this is something to watch. Loyola could really go far here. Yeah, yeah um, I know Ryan and Blake's roommate, uh, Jacob. Uh, shout out, happy birthday, Jacob. I didn't wish you a happy birthday in person yet, but I wish you a happy birthday on the podcast, so that makes up for it. Not a good um, happy birthday present, though, for him. Yeah, he's an Illinois fan. He was definitely shocked. He had, I believe he picked Illinois, he said in every bracket but one. Yeah. Not good look for him. But yeah, as we said, Oral Roberts, Loyola, Syracuse, big standouts. You know, I was on the, me and Kent were on the checkup podcast with Armani Jackson and um, Alex Collins the other day. And I, I was talking with them about Oral Roberts. And I saw a tweet the other day that kind of was funny that I'm going to mention here. So someone posted a picture of the Oral Roberts University handbook. And they said, it's ironic how Oral Roberts is still in the big dance at the Sweet 16. But you can't actually dance at school. It's against the rules to dance at Oral Roberts. Wow. So that just shows how crazy it is. We're going to go a little more into our picks, what we think is going to happen for the rest of the tournament. I guess we can just go game by game right now through the Sweet 16. Then we can all talk about our Final Four. I think there's an obvious pick here for most people in the gonzaga Creighton matchup. Yeah, for sure. You guys are going to pick Gonzaga. As I've yeah. said from the beginning... I don't know why. There's always that team that gets further than they should. And I think Creighton's going to be that team this year. I, I'm projecting a Creighton upset over Gonzaga. I know. Call me crazy. An undefeated team. Creighton. I'm feeling it. I do want to shout out Oklahoma, though, for like really pushing Gonzaga in their last game. Um, like It was a pretty close game in the uh, first half. Austin Reeves was just going off. And like they actually made it pretty competitive for a team that hadn't won a game or hadn't lost a game this season. But I think that Gonzaga really flexed their muscles in that game. It, it'll be hard to argue any team beating them at this point, especially a team like Creighton that I just don't see as one of the stronger in this field. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to give credit to Creighton, though, for even making it this far, quite frankly. I mean, they were one of the teams that I think most people had losing in the first round. The fact that they got here, I don't think they can beat Gonzaga. Just Gonzaga seems to be the best team in the country currently, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, Creighton has played a 12 and a 13 seed to get here. Yeah. That's probably the easiest path to the Sweet 16 that any team has had. That's true. Uh, 100%. Like I said, I can't even explain why I think Creighton's going to win. I just have this feeling. Gut feeling. Yeah, respect. Trust the it's, respect. It's, there's literally the stats totally go against it, but... Yeah. I just have a feeling, so if I get it right, feel free to Venmo me some money. Um, I'll share that Venmo after they uh, beat Gonzaga. <laughs> uh, the next game, uh, a little Pac-12 matchup. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 has shocked me this tournament. Same here. They have four, four teams in the uh, Sweet 16. They are what people thought that the Big Ten would be this year. Reversal of fortunes, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. A uh, little USC versus Oregon action. I'm going to take the Trojans to this one. They killed Oregon early in the season by 14. 
Evan Mobley and his brother Isaiah Mobley. I just feel like they're doing a lot in the tournament. Their whole roster yeah. uh, is doing a lot, and I just think they're going to power through Oregon on this one. Oregon looked downright scary though in their win over Iowa. Yeah, like they looked almost untouchable at times. Their office was clicking. I mean, th- this is a fun Oregon Ducks team. It is. I think we are in for a fantastic matchup here. But I think that USC is built a lot like Iowa, where they do run most of, the, of their offense through their one big man. I think that Oregon is built strangely, but they're built well enough where they can deal with that and then create plenty of mismatches on their own. They, they have a lot of in which all guys are basically six foot six, super switchable defense, and they all can shoot. It is a fun team to watch, a unique team, and one that I think is going to be a tough matchup for any other team in this tournament. But just going off of like playing talent, I think USC might have more of that. But Oregon, I think, just presents more interesting matchup problems for USC than vice versa. I have to completely agree with you here, Ryan. Uh, USC definitely the more talented team on paper for sure. Uh, but this is going to turn into a shooting game for Oregon. They can do what they did against Iowa. Quite frankly, Oregon could shock a lot of people and go a lot farther. I mean, it seemed like every shot they took simply went in. Uh, they're going to need to do that same thing against USC. We'll see if it happens. I'm actually going to go with the Oregon Ducks here. I think they're going to have that shooting game again. I think this is a vintage Oregon fast shooting team, and we'll see how far they go for sure. But that one matchup earlier in the season doesn't mean nothing. You know, it, it doesn't mean something where USC will have that chip having won that one matchup, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be a cakewalk for them this time. Yeah. So are you going with Oregon in this one, Ryan? Yeah, I'll have to lean towards them because both teams looked great in their past game. But I think despite winning by a smaller margin, Oregon just looks a lot scarier. Alrighty. Well, hey, it's going to be a great Pac-12 matchup. Uh, definitely excited for that one. Next game, Michigan, Florida State. Michigan, I thought was going to – I thought they were going to lose to LSU, to oh, be yeah. honest. I think they were easily projected to be the first number one seed out of this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still hanging on in the 16. Few people would have thought that they would lose after Illinois. Yeah. If they do end up losing, but I mean that that whole upset with uh, Loyola is just still so surprising. Exactly, but I'm I'm gonna take Florida State in this one. We talked we talked about their offense a couple weeks ago. They have at least five players averaging a three per game. Five players averaging at least one point four offensive rebounds per game. I just think they are built so well offensively that Michigan is going to struggle to keep up with their scoring in this one. Yeah, like I, I made it very clear that Florida State is my pick to win the whole tournament. And it's not because of their offense, so that is very scary. It's because they have so much size and so many athletes on defense that makes them just so hard to score on. They held Colorado to 53 points after Colorado put up 96 on a Georgetown team that also had, had plenty of size. And Florida State hasn't even shot the ball well yet, and they just pretty dominantly beat Colorado. I think this is a Florida State team that is due for a good shooting game offensively. And their defense is just so consistent that I'm feeling very confident about them getting this quote-unquote upset over Michigan. Though I do think that they are the flat-out better team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Michigan definitely is an interesting dynamic right now. Losing, losing livers prior to the tournament was a huge blow for sure. That being said, though, this is still Michigan. This is still a very talented team, very cohesive, a good coach. They've been here before. They know what's going on. Uh, expect a dogfight here. Like Ryan was saying, Florida State really hasn't even shot the ball well from three yet, and that seems to be their go-to. I have a feeling that will happen here. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan does win this game, 
just because of the coaching experience. We've seen what that does in March. Florida State is relatively new here in the recent years. But I will take Florida State here to win a very close game in advance. Speaking of close games, I, I think this game is going to be close. UCLA versus Alabama. Mm. Now, Ryan can tell you, when we had our original projections before the first round in the playing games, I projected UCLA to win that playing game against Michigan State, and I projected them to make a deep run. Here we are in the Sweet 16. I think they're going to win a shootout against Alabama. Really? Uh, both teams have very efficient offenses. Uh, UCLA has five players averaging at least 10 points a game. Uh, Alabama's got four of them. Uh, Alabama also leads the SEC in rebounds and steals per game. It is going to be a shootout. I think UCLA is going to come out on top in a margin of less than five points. Possibly could see an overtime battle with this one. I don't know. Alabama took a break this week and went to the zoo. So we'll see if they can regain the composure and uh, handle UCLA. I, I was not a believer in UCLA whatsoever when we did our, our first episodes on, on the first round. Like I thought it was going to be Mission State here, but I I still can't quite get on the bandwagon for them yet. Um, this Bama team is good. Uh, again, getting to watch them m- multiple times this season. They might not have a ton of top end talent, but the way that they play makes them so scary. Yeah. So they play fast and they take a lot of threes. And they shoot those threes extremely well. They defend well. They're one of the more well-rounded teams. I thought that they might struggle if they faced a team with more athleticism than them, but I don't think that UCLA is that team. Definitely impressed with UCLA, though. I mean, I was also one of the people that had them losing to Michigan State in the playing game yeah. to get this far as a great accomplishment. Uh, Alabama is just one of the most fun teams to watch, in my opinion. Guys are moving all over the place. Very quick, very up-tempo, doing everything. They play defense, they score on you. And before you know it, now they got a huge lead on you. I think this game might not even be close, unfortunately. I think Alabama's really going to abuse them here. I think Alabama wins by more than 10. Yeah. Okay. Hey, fair enough. You could also make that same argument that UCLA had a very easy second-round game against 14 seed Abilene Christian. They did. That really opened that door for them to be here because I didn't see them beating Texas if they did get that upset over over uh, BYU in their first round game. Here they are. I think it's great that, that they've gotten this far, but I just really don't see anywhere in which they beat Alabama. Hey, fair enough. Ryan and Blake are the ones who speak on knowledge. I'm the one who speaks on seeing a higher seed that wants them to win. <laughs> the gut talks. Hey, like I said, at this point, watching the games, I want the highest. I want every game to be an upset at this point. Yeah, my bracket's busted, too. I mean, I have two brackets that are in the ni- top at least 97th percentile. That's good. One of them, which was decided all by coin flips, so that's impressive. Coins do not lie, apparently. <laughs> but uh, I would like to see UCLA win this game. Also, I am an LA native, so maybe that's why. But next game, Baylor-Nova. If Nova had uh, Connor Gillespie, I could see a chance of them upsetting Baylor in this game. And I think there's still a small chance. I, I think Baylor uh, underperformed a little bit their last game. Definitely a lot closer than it should have been. But I'm, I'm going to take Baylor in this one. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that whatsoever. Baylor just has looked every bit as scary in the postseason as they did in the regular season. They're, again, shooting the ball incredibly well, defending incredibly well, especially on the perimeter. And, I mean, they might be the best team in the country despite having lost games, which Gonzaga can't say that they have yet. But like they are playing like the best team in the country right now. They are they've been very scary so far. Uh this one, 
you know, Ryan Ryan's matchup, Arkansas Oral Roberts. Unfortunately, I do have to say I do think <laughs> that Oral Roberts uh, run does end here. Arkansas have been playing some great basketball as of late. Um, you know, like I said, it's illegal to dance at Oral Roberts. I think they're going to stop dancing in this round. So these two teams met back in I think November, and Arkansas came away with I believe a eleven point win. But Oral Roberts did hold a lead at some point in the second half before the Hawks just flipped the switch and just took the game from there. But Arkansas has definitely gotten much better since that point. I don't know if I can say the same about Oral Roberts, but Arkansas in that game didn't even have the same starting lineup that they're playing right now. Like They have found their best five guys finally. They've shortened their rotation. They're fully healthy, basically. And I just think that Justin Smith dominated that first matchup, and he has been consistently great in these first two games of this tournament. He's going to be extremely vital in how, how, how they're able to run the paint versus Ole Roberts. Um, one, one guy to watch out for is just, honestly, Moses Moody, who has been kind of quiet so far. I think he had 12 in the first-round game, 15 in the second-round game against uh, Texas Tech. So he's, he's due for a big showcase. But I think that he, he's going to have a, a pretty – Easy-ish time scoring on this team. I'm not sure if they have any wing defenders that they can match up on him. Whereas, I think Arkansas, they, they found ways to stop Max A. a. Smith for Oral Roberts in their first matchup. They held him to 11 points and just couldn't couldn't let him get started. I think that they just showed that they could do a lot to stop and force mismatches with this Oral Roberts team in their first matchup. And I just don't see that changing in this second one. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game. This might be one of the most watched Sweet 16 games. This is definitely on my list yeah. for sure. Arkansas is right where they want to be, quite frankly. Their entire memo has just been the underdog role. I think yeah. a lot of, much like Colgate, I mean a lot of people, <laughs> and I mean a lot of people had a toothpaste brand beating a three seed. In the way first too round. many. Way, way too, too many. many. But uh, Arkansas is wherever they want to be. They're playing some of the best basketball right now. Eric Musselman is doing a fantastic job with this program. He's a great scouter. Now he has a week to scout. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't even seen Moody do much yet. Uh, just think about what happens if he gets hot. Hawks can definitely go on a huge roll into this tournament. I should see them winning this game in a close one, but not so close at the same time. I think that the opening spread was somewhere around 11 points. So that's got to be the biggest uh, spread differential in this, this round of games. Agreed, agreed. Loyola Chicago. Sister Jean versus the Beavs. I'm going to take Loyola Chicago on this one. I do think Oregon State's crazy run this tournament is going to come to an end. You know, what's his name? Cameron Lutwig is just playing playing some amazing basketball with Loyola, along with his teammates. I just think they're better at shooting. And I just think Sister Jean's got the power to power them over uh, the Beavers this morning. Yeah. I, I thought Cam would have no, no chance whatsoever of guarding Kobe Coburn or even scoring on him, and he totally proved me wrong. Like, I did not see them standing any real chance against Illinois, but, like, that was really, like, the game in which I am, like, fully on their bandwagon now. Like, I fully believe that they can actually maybe take the title this season. Yeah, I mean, I have to just echo everything that you said. Uh, this is a team that has experience in March for sure, and they're showing it. I mean, they completely embarrassed Illinois. Uh, Oregon State... Props to them, but they've gone a lot farther than they should, in my opinion. I see this their run coming to an end here with Loyola winning. Alrighty, last game of the Sweet 16, Syracuse versus Houston. Now, 
Obviously, Houston's much better seed in this one. They are a two and Syracuse is 11. But I think a lot of people actually have Syracuse in this game. And I'm going to go along with that too. I think uh, Coach Coach Boheim has been coaching fantastically. You know, his son Buddy's been playing really well. Alan Griffin. They have a great attack from beyond the arc. I see the orange. I can't say the oranges. The orange playing some great basketball against Houston. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out on top in this one. Houston's last game against Rutgers kind of confirmed my suspicions with that team of them just not being anywhere near the level of yeah. where a two seed should be. I know that was Kent's pick. I was yep. very just confused about it. It's yep. like yes, they've only lost I think one or two games on the season, but their strength of schedule has just not been there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I, I, they probably should have lost that game to Rutgers. They made some crazy comeback towards the end, but that did confirm my my uh, suspicions that they weren't on the level that they, they should be at. Um, I might have to go with Syracuse here. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Houston won, of course, but I think that Syracuse is just a better built team than Rutgers. They are almost as good defensively without just being pitiful on offense. Like they can actually space the floor and score. Yeah, this is a prime example of getting hot at the right time, quite frankly, and Syracuse mm-hmm. is doing that right now. I mean, Buddy's playing out of his mind, and a lot of his teammates are playing well too. I mean, great coach. That zone is tough to beat. Oh, yeah. I do think Houston is a bit overrated, especially with their strength of schedule in the regular season. And Rutgers, quite frankly, blew it last round. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I am also going to take Syracuse here. I think they continue their magical run because, quite frankly, you can't bet against Syracuse in March. All righty. Now we're going to skip the Elite Eight, and we're going to go straight to our Final Fours. Who are you guys' Final Four teams in this tournament? It's just so hard not to pick Gonzaga. You know, I think that of those teams, like in their region, I think maybe Oregon has the best chance of beating them just because they have the largest potential of just getting hot in one game and taking them down. But Gonzaga's just a safe pick there. Of course, I'm still not going to give up on Florida State. I'm very high on them and their potential. In the South region, love my Hogs, but Baylor's just looking too scary. I can't go. Against them right now, um, I'm, I just think that it'll probably be Baylor and the Hogs and the Elite Eight, and I see my team going down. In the Midwest, ah, oh, I might have to say Loyola. I really do, which I never would have expected to happen. But here we are. It's March. Why not? Blake, let's see what you got in there. Yeah, funny enough, I am exactly the same. I think Gonzaga is gonna have a cakewalk. I think uh, Florida State. I do think they get hot at the right time. I do have Baylor beating Arkansas. I'm sorry, Ryan. No, that's fine. I just I I'm a Wisconsin fan, so I saw what they did to my team last week. It was not pretty. They will probably do the same to mine. Uh, yeah, I'm, apologies in advance, and I do have Loyola making it. I mean. I don't know. I just feel like it's the most likely outcome at this point. Let's get a couple high seeds and a couple one seeds. I, this is the year for that to happen, in my opinion. Yeah. Funny enough, uh, everyone's going to laugh at this one. Y'all are going to laugh at this one. Oh, no. Let me guess. Hold on. So, like I've been saying the whole tournament, this is the year of upsets. Okay. I believe that has continued. If we've learned one thing about this year in March Madness, specifically this year, anything can happen. And by anything can happen, I don't have a single one seed in my final four. Oh, got, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. I got a... When's the last time that happened? I, has it ever happened? It probably has, but... It's been a while, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Uh, probably not in our lifetime. No, probably not. Uh, well, I got a sixth seed with USC oh. in the Final Four. Homer. <laughs> Such a homer. I'm not, even a, I'm not even like a huge USC fan. Kent is. I'm not okay, a huge... Okay. okay, true. I'm more of a UCLA fan, if anything, but, you know... Please tell me you don't have them making it, too. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I do have another 11 seeded, but not that. I, uh, then I have Florida State. Uh, like Ryan said, I also have Florida State winning the entire thing. So I got them against USC. I believe I have... Apparently, I have more faith in Ryan's team than he does. Uh, I watched the Hogs a lot this season because I've been over at Ryan's place uh, when they've had Arkansas on. And I just... Like I said, anything can happen this year. Now the one seed going uh, is going to be in the tournament or in the final four. Arkansas will be, and I have them squaring off against the eleven seed Syracuse. Oh wow! My national championship. I have Florida taking down Arkansas. Sorry, Florida State. Wow. Yeah. So you do have Syracuse beating Loyola in that. Yes, I do. That'd be okay. a, fun, a very fun underdog matchup there. Yeah. But absolutely. My problem with. Arkansas is that we haven't shot the ball well in our, our first two games, and yes, we are due for a good shooting game from beyond the arc, but Baylor shoots the, the three ball at about a 10% better rate than we do. So a, a bad shooting night for them is a good shooting night for us. That's going to be the big difference, I think, is just how efficiently they're able to generate points from deep. It's not that I don't believe in my team that, that we can get that win. It's just the odds are nowhere near in, in our favor for that game. Baylor's just so good. And the odds of having an average seed, seeding of six in the final four, like I do, odds are not in my favor. <laughs> but I'm going to roll with it anyways. If it was ever going to happen, this would be the year. This though. would be exactly. Year. like the, See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything like this. In any other year, I'd probably have two one seeds, maybe a... Maybe a two and a four or something. Nope. I got a six, a four, three, and eleven. And I've been saying it since the beginning, and I'm going to stick with it. Hey, we thought you had some bodacious takes in last episode, so we'll yeah. see what Hey, and you know what's is. funny? A lot of them came true. Yeah, I know. That's you can call I mean. my takes bodacious, but uh, I predicted a lot of those big upsets. You did. Yeah. You did. You did. So, I still got three of my final four picks in it with... Uh, West Virginia being the only Final Four pick for me that's lost already. Yep, yep. I definitely changed up my Final Four a little bit, but hey. Why not? This is, this, March is really mad this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, most of the tournaments actually finally happening in March. Yeah. Usually half the tournaments in April. Yeah. So, but, um. Also, it, it, it could just be just how this bubble in. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you know, we, we saw so many weird things happen in the. NBA bubble, and I think that it might be the same kind of effect in this bubble for March Madness. In which, like, I would not be opposed to this happening in, in uh, f future years just for these crazy results. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's just been so much more fun to see pretty much each and, and every small school have a great chance to beat schools that are just much larger than them. Yep. Like, we saw... Jason Preston and Ohio in upsets. All North Texas win. Abilene Christian out of nowhere to beat Texas. You know, and then Oral Roberts making make this be Sweet Sixteen. You know, it's just been a much crazier year. I think that this bubble has been a big reason for that. Definitely agreed. Well, we know uh, Florida State is riding a nice pick. Like who you got winning it all? I'm going with Baylor here against Gonzaga in the championship game, and that's a flip for me. My original bracket, I had Gonzaga. 
much like everybody else. I mean, to no surprise, but just after actually seeing what Baylor is doing in March, because that was my main question was experience. Baylor looks scary. Yeah. yeah, I mean. They have three guards that just all know how to just control the tempo of games and play the way that they want to. They're all just well-rounded, shoot the ball extremely well. They're, they're built so well. It's such a scary team. It's it just so terrifying to face. Yeah. Well, you know what? Good job for not picking the undefeated team, but shame on you for picking a number one seed. So boring. I know. So boring this year. I think that pretty much wraps it up for this one. Ryan, we're going to test you. Let's see. Do we have Do we have the sign-off down? Do you feel confident in signing off with me? Probably not. Like, I, I've only been on like two or three, three times, I think. But, uh... I don't know. Maybe. Do, do we know the sign-off? Be there. Or be square. <laughs>